Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. Coming off a spectacular Monday night football performance from MVP Mahomes. He has cemented himself in the conversation, ladies and gentlemen, because he just went to Baltimore where he was not a favorited in the game and put an ass whooping on the Baltimore Ravens in this game. He was everything we want him to be in more throughout the entirety of the game. And there were points left on the board with some drops uh, throughout the game. It's pretty incredible to think what you got. And for those of you that were waiting on a Patrick Mahomes performance like myself in fantasy football, thank you very much, Mr. Mahomes. I took care of Jamie Eiser this week, and I am the queen bee again in fantasy football. Thank you very much. I had to show out for the show since both of you guys lost this week. So one of us had to win, and I took it I, I took it home for the team. So it, uh, it was definitely – I want to say thank you Sigh. to Mr. Mahomes. I want to say a very big thank you to Mr. Mahomes because I went, okay, what do I need here? 11 points? Yeah, that should get done. It was done on almost the first drive. He, he was uh, just unbelievable this, uh, this game. So 31 of 41, 385 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, guys. That's a pretty good stat line for those of you counting at home. But on the flip side here, there were many of you that were waiting on Lamar Jackson tonight. And his performance, he saved you with the 84 rushing yards, but 15 of 28, 97 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. I tweeted out this graphic because you're looking at the two and next to each other, you really see the difference, the glaring difference in every category here between these two guys. And guys, listen, you both picked the Baltimore Ravens, this was a disappointment from this team across the board, but especially from Lamar Jackson. Jake, what did you take away from this one other than we know Mahomes is spectacular? Best player in football, hands down, not even close. He's definitely in the MVP conversation with Russell Wilson after that game. I love their defensive game plan, and I hated Baltimore's offensive game plan. It looked to me like Baltimore came in saying, we're going to go toe-to-toe. We can score as many points as you guys can. And, God, they can't. That team is built to play from ahead. They did not really ran it pretty good on the first drive, and then they went away from it. They didn't score in the red zone. They kicked a field goal, and you went, ooh, that might bite you in the ass later. Uh, And it did. I mean, they had no answer. Patrick Mahomes was unbelievable against the Blitz, and the crew was talking about it. Well, then don't Blitz. (laughs) Then we're just going to give him all day to sit back there and just destroy you? Look, he was on fire. They had an answer for everything. The Baltimore defense is running around like chicken with their head cut off halftime. Guys running the wrong direction. Two guys jumping, one receiver leaving. Travis Kelsey come wide open. It was uh, just an absolute clinic by the Chiefs on the road. They hadn't been playing that good. They didn't play that good last week. I mean, the Chargers always play them solid, but they didn't look that good. They looked at an elite level for week three for Monday Night Football. It was an absolute just beat down. Patrick Mahomes, 31 touchdowns, zero picks, undefeated in the month of September in his career. That's just stupid. Yeah, that's for those of you counting at home. That's very, very, very good. He, he, listen, we've, everybody knows how special he is, but this was a game where you looked at the two quarterbacks and you go, okay, 
these are the two guys everybody's talking about. You've got the regular season MVP from last year, the Super Bowl MVP. You haven't seen the Chiefs kind of show out yet. This was the ultimate coming out party and the ultimate I am the better quarterback moment. I, I think that's – you saw a lot of that in this because there's a lot of love that gets thrown around. There is a massive difference between it's Patrick Mahomes and Lamar The Jones. Grand Canyon between yes. those two guys. But it's a great point. One other thing I wanted to point out was they do a great job of scheming stuff up for Lamar Jackson. He can throw. He's not just a running quarterback. But a lot of his completions are still not right where the ball needs to be. It's high, it's low, it's behind, it's in front. Now, he'll, he'll wow you with some perfect throws every now and again. But the easy stuff, he had a couple easy touchdowns tonight that an elite quarterback can make. He is not in the same class. It's not 1-1-A. One and one A. It's like 1-4. and four. Yeah. He's not – he's really good. But they have to play their game plan from ahead. They can't drop back. He's not in that class. He's not there yet. He's, he's, made, he's getting better. He's making progress. But, man, it was on display tonight. And he didn't have his A, he didn't have his a game. Like, I'll give him that. But For sure. He is not – he's not at Mahomes. Like, it's not even in his league. It's like no. double A to the, to the big leagues. I mean, it's not yeah. even close. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive difference, and that's why you got to be careful with the recency bias stuff, guys, because the guys like Russell Wilson, they hear you. And Aaron Rodgers, they hear you. And they're here to remind you they've been doing it at a high level for a decade plus now. And that's kind of the discussion around this is like, hey, don't forget, there's a lot of guys in this league who can ball. And, and Lamar Jackson was not in the same hemisphere as, as Patrick Mahomes tonight. Other than, obviously, the two quarterbacks, Jamie, we talked about him a ton coming in. We're talking about him a lot now. What other fantasy kind of takeaways did you, did you take from this game? Because uh, other than a big boy touchdown, which, which we love to yeah. see, but uh, Eric Fisher is not going to be somebody you're picking up on the waiver wire. No, he's not. But another 25-touch game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, which was really good to see. He caught caught uh, five of his six targets for 70 yards, which is where the bulk of your PPR points came. Uh, had some good runs on the ground, didn't have a lot of space. Wasn't a good matchup for him to have a really big rushing day, but he still found a way to have a true RB1 type of a performance in this matchup, which is kind of what you want to see going forward. Uh, but I think we got to give a little bit of credit to, and this may not be a fantasy angle, but to the Chiefs defense. They came to play tonight, and they had, they had to make in-game adjustments when they were coming hard and heavy after Lamar Jackson. They kept escaping, and, and you saw that one, that sack on that drive that really ended any chance of a Ravens comeback where they end up having those two guys, Frank Clark and somebody else, almost contain him and like put him like in this like little circle spot around him. Uh, the, the Chiefs defense – Without their number two corner uh, for most of that game, was the rookie Sneed went down and was out for the game, really played a big game in this. And that's going to be the difference because that defense, if that shows up like it did late last season, like we have seen at times this year, Chiefs are going to continue to remain the top team in the NFL in that case. But look, uh, the Ravens, you really can't do much. Like you're, you're always playing Lamar. Like you're not benching Lamar anytime soon. They go play Washington next week in D.C. Uh, it's just to Jake's point, this is not a team that is built to play from behind and that's going to be a problem for them. And it's been a problem for them in the past. I mean, it's just something if this team is not within a field goal at halftime, they're very vulnerable. And especially when they're playing a team that's at the upper echelon of the AFC, like the chiefs, it's just, 
This is the downside to all of the good things that they do is that they are not versatile enough in the way that they run their offense to be a team that can come back from a 10-point deficit in the, in the second half. Like they, they made an effort. They tried. They had some opportunities. You know, this game could be different if Mark Andrews catches the ball in the end zone, if the, if the football Lamar Jackson throws to Hollywood Brown is, you know, three inches shorter than where it was. It's a different game. But the problem is, is they don't hit on enough of those plays. They don't attempt enough of those plays to hit on a high percentage of them. And they can't run the ball effectively when you're down 17 points going into halftime and giving up the ball. Like there's just, this is, this is the, this is the issue with them. They have to be a team that can play with a lead and other teams get worried. They stay in this entire team from the offensive line and their blocking to Lamar Jackson, to the receivers, they get for lack of a better phrase flustered. When they get down late, it looks like everybody on offense is erratic. You saw even the announcers pointed out like how frustrated Lamar Jackson seemed to be even in the huddle calling plays. Just like this entire team starts to break down when they get a double digit deficit, which we don't see very often to give them credit. We don't see it often, but this is their problem that this is not a team that has been able to overcome adversity consistently. That's the one knock on this team. It's been the one knock on Lamar Jackson in the postseason when they are faced adversity against great teams, they lose. And but we haven't got those questions answered tonight. That's the problem though, Jamie, is what did we, what's the piece that's up on Josh Allen right now? In week three, you found out that Josh Allen could overcome adversity. If you can't overcome adversity, you're not going to be a Super Bowl contender, period. You are not. You have to be able to come back and win games. You, it doesn't matter. I don't care how electric your offense is. You're not going to be up in every game. You're going to be behind. You're going to have to learn how to play from behind. And you're going to have to learn how to make adjustments to make that happen. And, and that is a, it's not a small knock. It's a huge knock on this football team at this point, because now we've seen it back to back years in the postseason, And you just saw it on Monday night football, the glaring difference we talked about between the two. And, and we've seen on the other side, we've seen Mahomes come back in how many games guys, that's the difference. You, you cannot be in the, in the Super Bowl contender category and not be able to come back in football games. So I think there's – I walk hey, away – The difference is, is Josh Allen is – he's turned into an elite passer. His yes. last 14 games, 33 touchdowns, three picks. So if you think I'm crazy, there's your stat. He is worlds apart from Lamar Jackson as an elite passer. That's how you come back in football games when you're down in the NFL. The Ravens, look, here's – Another thing I want to point out is the thing I, I, I cautioned everybody on this defense. They don't have edge pass rushers anymore. Their linebackers are talented, but they're young. They don't have a ton of them. Defensive line's okay, but they have to manufacture pressure with blitzes. They blitz more than anybody. And secondary's pretty good. But when they're not on the same page like they were tonight, or you have a lot of weapons, this team's going to struggle on defense. They're not the best defense in the league. I heard that five or six times from this crew tonight. They're out of their minds. It's been two weeks. So save me the defensive stats. Nobody cares after two weeks what your stats are. They are not the best defense in the football, and they got exposed. Yes, it's a phenomenal offense, but you're going to see stuff that they put on film tonight bite them in the ass in future weeks when they play the other good teams. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal offense, but to the flip side of this, you saw that phenomenal offense go play a rookie quarterback last week in L.A., 
and have to pull off some last-minute magic to win a football game. You didn't see this version of the offense because the Chargers defense showed up and had a much better game plan against, against Patrick Mahomes and, and put pressure in his face and got to him and made him uncomfortable. You didn't see Patrick Mahomes, did he look uncomfortable tonight? I don't no. think there was a moment of this no, football game. No, he knew exactly what they were doing the whole time. I hesitate to even say this because it's not. I don't mean this in the way it comes across. But if there is a blueprint to stop Patrick Mahomes, that's a gigantic if. It's pressure with on four man rushes. That has been the thing that the Chargers have done phenomenally over the last two years, and it's why they stay in these close games against Kansas City. That is your only chance. If you can get sustained pressure, but bringing four, you have a chance to beat them. If you can't. You're going to get picked apart like he did tonight, like he does seemingly with almost everybody else in the NFL. That is your only chance. And the Ravens were not able to do that. And they got absolutely smoked when they brought pressure. Yeah, the Ravens absolutely can't do that against anybody. No, but not, not in general. They don't but, have four guys to do it. I, that's your great point. No, they can't do it. And they couldn't do it tonight. And I think as comfortable as you could be in a game from beginning to end, Patrick Mahomes was comfortable. He was smiling, and it was the opposite on the other side of the football field. And he was well aware of his NFL 100 rating. As sure you was. saw going to commercial break, one, two, three, four, and a shrug. Sure wow. was. Yeah, just tell, you just be careful what you say, everybody. You get little things like that. You don't need extra motivation when you're that freaking talented. But if I'm a Chiefs fan, I love that shit, man. I love that. I love watching my quarterback who just got a half a billion dollar contract sitting over there counting stuff. That's exactly what you need to see from him. He's going, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not complacent. I'm still getting doubted. You guys think he's the regular season MVP? Watch this. There was one MVP on the field tonight, and his name's Patrick Mahomes. Nobody else was in the conversation. He was unbelievable. Uh, moving on guys, we're going to talk about some injury news here. We talked about it on our last podcast. We've got a little bit more information now about these injuries. So want to talk about them and, and what you can do about them in our waiver wire columns. Um, and as we look at this throughout the week, Trico and unfortunate news, but we kind of talked about it on the podcast yesterday. We knew that when it, when he went down, it probably didn't look good. Um, but out for the year now. So Jamie, I'll take this to you first because you were you were driving the Tariq Cohen bus a little bit coming into the season, and we were disappointed in, in the way that it went down because of the timing. Because this was the time for Tariq Cohen with Nick Foles now being named the starter, and him being out for the season definitely hurts. Yeah, it does. So I think this was going to be the kind of time where we really started to see him emerge. He had a couple really just meh weeks to begin the year. He wasn't heavily involved in the offense, but – this was the time, as Jake pointed out on the show yesterday, about where he would have been his role in the shotgun with Nick Foles and that he was going to be on the field a lot. And I think we would have kind of seen a reversal where David Montgomery owners were very frustrated and Tariq Cohen owners that were patient were going to be very excited with what they got. And it was going to look a lot more like the Cohen we saw over the last couple of years. But uh, obviously, we're not going to get that now. There's not a clear replacement. Um, I imagine that some of that passing down work is going to go to Cordero Patterson, but uh, he's not a guy that I feel like you need to pick up right now. Same thing with Ryan Nall. Like those guys are just not pieces you need to worry about from fantasy perspective. But uh, I'm curious to see how, how much David Montgomery is used going forward. I know the initial tendency is to say they're going to lean on him a lot, 
but it's something Matt Nagy hasn't really shown us that he's willing to do so far. So we're still projecting something we haven't seen with our own eyes yet. I just kind of want to see how this offense operates in the shotgun. Do they feel comfortable with Montgomery running out of the shotgun? Do they feel comfortable enough with him consistently in pass protection, running routes? They were using him a little bit more in the passing game so far this year. It's a little bit different scenario now with a different quarterback in. I'm very curious to see how this running back situation plays out because there is not another reliable option on the roster besides Montgomery right now. No, it, it, it should be David Montgomery. Um, that doesn't mean that it will be, but now Matt Nagy with a little less options and, and might be forced to, to, to do that. Is there anybody else you look at in this Bears offense, Jake, with Tariq Cohen out that benefits from Cohen going out? Are there targets going to go to other places? Do you see Anthony Miller becoming more relevant? Is it Mooney? Um, or what are you looking at now with the change in Nick Foles and then Tariq Cohen obviously uh, sitting out? As much as it pains me to say it, Jimmy Graham, I think all of the weapons yeah. benefit from Nick Foles being in there. I think the offense can be completely different. I don't know that David Montgomery benefits that much. They're going to be in the gun a ton. I don't know that really fits his running style. I mean, he looks okay when he's back there doing that, but he's more of a downhill guy. Catches it great. I, I mean, I always really enjoy watching him in the passing game. It's just very few and far between. Uh, I think Nick Foles has chemistry, it looks like, with Jimmy Graham already. If Anthony Miller can just play consistent, God, he could be a freaking star. And Mooney looks like, yeah, that coming out of Tulane with that speed, he's developed quickly. He looks pretty good. I mean, they got weapons all over the place. I think this offense takes a step forward, kind of, because Nick Foles is still a statue standing back there, where Trubisky is a phenomenal athlete that can run all over the place. Can you play them man and blitz him? Do you have to play his own? Do you have to worry about the run? It's going to be really, really interesting to see what this thing looks like uh, this weekend. Yeah, lots of question marks definitely surrounding the offense as we move forward. Uh, Chris Carson, guys, it, good news in comparison to what you saw on tape. You watched, the, you watched it and you looked at it and you go, man, this could be really bad for Chris Carson. It's a knee sprain looking like one to two weeks he's going to be out. Good news for fantasy owners, but also good news for Seattle Seahawks fans because this offense is all this team has, and they need – all of their pieces to continue to put these points up and have these runs because as we've talked about, uh, Russ is cooking and everything looks good, but their defense is not going to be uh, helping this team out and they're going to need to rely on this offense a lot. Uh, Jamie, what do you do for the next couple of weeks? Are you hoping to just ride Carlos Hyde for the next, next two weeks if you're a Chris Carson owner or are you looking elsewhere uh, uh, in the waivers? No, I think Carlos Hyde is going to be your best option. There's really not a lot of waiver backs out there that are owned uh, in fewer than like 55% of leagues right now. I kind of comb through it and it's kind of slim pickings. A lot of the hot guys were picked up last week and, you know, there might be still a few straggling in your league, depending on if it's a family league or people aren't paying attention. But look, he's been getting about seven touches a game uh, every single game so far with Carson healthy. So he's going to get worked in here. Uh, they have a good matchup against the Dolphins this week. Uh, I, I, I would ride him and, and see how far he could take you. I would, I would keep in mind, though, I do think the Seahawks are going to try to see if Carson can play this week. So it's something to kind of keep an eye on. If you have both, it's not an issue for you. You don't have to worry about it. If you only have one, I think you're going to kind of be going here in this back and forth, back and forth a little bit. Uh, so keep a very close eye on those Thursday and Friday injury reports because I think they're going to try to see if he can give it a go. 
Uh, but I would not be surprised if they think they can handle their business uh, this week without him. Yeah, Jake knows about uh, – I saw him shaking his head about the waiver wires with the running backs because between the injuries he's sustained already, uh, it's just really it, – it really is slim pickings right now for running backs on the waiver wire. Uh, with him out, with Chris Carson out over the next two weeks, do you think this impacts any of the other members of the Seahawks offense? Do you think they let Russ cook even more now? Are you looking at Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and – putting them even higher than you have before as you, as you're looking at this upcoming week, Jake. I might bump up my rankings, but they're going to play exactly the same way. Carlos Hyde looked really good when he's been in. I haven't seen much of a drop off at all. I mean, Carson's been playing really well. Look, I was going to blow my entire fab budget in our TDN premium week to get Carlos Hyde. If this thing was more than like a five or six week deal to grade one sprain, it's probably missed one game play the next week. I would be shocked. I know they're going to act like he's going to play. I'd be shocked flying from Seattle to Miami with that thing going to swell up a little bit. Not at, there's no way they're going to risk that and play when they're hands down better than the Dolphins. And Carlos Hyde is solid. I would guess he's going to come back the next week. But if you give that a little rest, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't travel with the team and they don't take yeah. the chance if it's of, a, of the swelling. You're talking about a long flight. That's as long a flight as you can get in the NFL. Um, so I'd be shocked there. I, I still pay attention to it, but – I love Carlos Hyde. I just, you know, if you're in a league like ours, there's nothing left. I, I, I no. mean, I, I was really like, if this is a four or five week thing. I was blowing the 75 bucks I got <laughs> left for those because I got nothing left. Uh, but, but I think Carlos Hyde looks really good. I don't think the offense changes to your point, Paige. I think Brian Schottenheimer's calling it the exact same way, whoever's back there. Okay. Yeah. And I think that the big thing here too is, and this is where we talked about from the draft, the strategy of why you grab running backs. And obviously you've had an ungodly amount of injuries, Jake, but there are like seven or eight wide receivers that I'd be excited to pick up this week. And there are zero running backs aside from Carlos Hyde that I'd be excited to pick up. Like it, it's yeah. really, that's kind of where we're at right now in the majority of the leagues. And by the way, this happens almost every single year. Uh, this is why you say that it's not so much that, you know, this is why you even will take a risk at waiting and waiting on receiver because you find once you get two or three, like we forget this in the draft, but again, I want you to remember this mindset right now, you know, 11 months from now or 10 months from now, when you're doing your draft, remember what your situation you're dealing with right now and how many of these wide receivers you feel comfortable starting in a flex spot on a weekly basis versus how many running backs you feel comfortable starting in the flex spot. And remember that when you're doing your draft next year. And that is why, we say what we say. Sure, you, you, could be, you could draft 1,000 running backs like Jake and have half of them get hurt. Bad luck happens. But for the most part, you can replace wide receivers and be pretty happy with what you get on the waiver wire. You just almost can never replace running backs. Yeah, it's very difficult, um, especially when you play in a competitive league and if you're in a 12 or 14 or 16 team league, God forbid, is not good right now. And that leads us into our waiver wire pickups uh, conversation because there isn't a lot of running backs at this point, but there are a couple of wide receivers. There's one running back in particular that a lot of people are picking up. Let's, let's start off with, with Justin Jefferson guys here, who is one of the hotter pickups this week coming off a phenomenal performance. Jake, are you comfortable picking up Justin Jefferson right now after seeing it the, this past week? Absolutely. I love the talent coming out. It was more of a wait and see how they use him in the offense. Does he just fit right in playing the slot and he is that secondary option to Thielen or was it going to be BC Johnson? I think he's past BC Johnson now and it's Justin Jefferson and he needed to have not this much of a breakout game for me to be on board 
but it definitely helped. Yes, I'm 100% on board. They got to have more options. Kirk Cousins can play, and his defense is so bad, I think they're going to throw it more than they want to. So, yeah, I really like Jefferson moving forward. Damian, are you in agreement? Are you looking at Justin Jefferson as somebody you're, you're targeting? And if you're in a league like ours, how much are you willing to spend in your fab budget to pick up Justin Jefferson? Yeah, um, how much are you willing to spend, Jamie? <laughs> yes, you should pick up Justin Jefferson, but I wouldn't blow a big fat budget just because there are a lot of really good wide receiver options out there. I got, this is this is kind of that dilemma. Um, you know, you want to spend 10, 15 bucks? Sure. But I think anything more than that, I mean, you're expecting him that he's going to be an every single week starter for you the rest of the way. And I think that's still projecting a lot. Uh, I like him. I think he should be the number one player added across all leagues this this week. But uh, I wouldn't go crazy with your fat budget. There are a lot of good wide receivers out there and there's really no reason to go nuts, but I don't think this is a fluke. Now I don't think he's going to have, you know, close to 200 yards every week, but yeah. as he develops the chemistry with Kirk cousins, which is desperately needed because that was his biggest issue. The first two weeks was it was Adam Thielen or nobody, or I guess Adam Thielen or the other team. And that's kind of what it looked like for Kirk cousins early on uh, Jefferson, by the way, dominated outside. Uh, if, you, if you didn't watch this game, he played the vast majority of his snaps outside. He was not in the slot for this game and having this success, which is even more encouraging for him. Uh, I, the Vikings need that second piece. Uh, they have a good matchup this week against Houston. So I, I'm picking him up, and I think he's a, he's a solid flex play this week. But don't go crazy with the fab budget on any wide receiver. That's good. I wanted to make sure and see what you were thinking as far as fab budget goes, because I know a lot of people are playing, especially in the sleeper leagues, it's pretty common now to play with the fab budget uh, in waiver wires. Next wide receiver I want to talk about here, guys, the T. Higgins. Uh, and coming off of a, you know, getting a little bit more involvement and you're seeing what's going on there and you're paying close attention as we talk about Jamie and, and Jake where you're looking ahead, right? You're going, okay, if this, this could be two weeks from now, that this could end up being, uh, this could be a guy that gets really involved in this offense. Are you excited about T Higgins, Jake? Is this somebody you'd like to target to pick up? Yes, but there's a guy named AJ Green that's not playing very well, but he's making a butt ton of money. And he's been the face there for a long, long time. And they're going to give him every damn chance under the sun to make something of this season while he's on this franchise tag before they just say, okay, let's let this young guy get in and really get a lot more reps. I like him. He's playing really well. The catch radius is huge. You could tell him and Joe Burrow have a very, you know, nice comfortability. Uh, I like the player and he's played pretty well. They're moving him around a little bit, but it's really AJ green. That's the problem who I don't like. If he gets hurt or traded, I love him. Do you want to pick him up in the meantime, hoping that happens? I think you probably have better options, but it's something I would keep an eye on. Yeah, it's uh, as we've been talking about, there are a ton of wide receivers. So maybe you're looking elsewhere and waiting and seeing on this one. Jamie, where do you land on T Higgins as we go into week four? I'm in like with him. Uh, I, I think there's going to be some weeks where he's going to be a fun play, especially during bye weeks. Uh, I think if AJ Green gets traded, uh, I will really like him. Uh, but right now for me, he's probably a guy that if you have like a multi-flex league and a, and, and a fairly reasonable bench, you can pick him up. But otherwise, I don't think you have to go crazy with him. Like this week, he's going to be ranked out, just outside of my top 40 wide receivers. I think he's going to come in at 42. Uh, so I, there's going to be some leagues where you play him. If you have a multi-flex league, he's going to be in that conversation. But uh, I, I just my concern is as much as A.J. Green looks like he's done, 
he's still going to get some targets. And I think Wall, at, at this point, there's most games, Higgins is going to be third in targets at, at best. So I like him. Uh, he's in my waiver wire column. I think he's somebody that's intriguing. If you have some bench spots, if, you have, if you're in a deeper league, or if you just maybe you've been lucky and you've escaped a lot of injuries and you have some room on your bench to kind of take a few flyers, I like him. But I definitely would not spend a ton of fat budget on him. Uh, I think this is a you know $1 or $2 max. Okay. You said in like with him and then you, you're just the way you described him. You could kind of tell you're like, eh, if you, you tell me you want a second date, if you want a second you want, date. Yeah. I want, I want, yeah. So here, here's the deal. It's like right now it's, it's T Higgins has got a roommate that scares me. Okay. <laughs> if that roommate moves out for whatever reason, and I can go over, just chill, be more comfortable, not have to worry about this roommate. I, I think this could be a happy relationship. But as long as A.J. Green is in that dorm room, I just think that the potential, I just got got to knock T. Higgins down a couple points. It's just just a little bit more undesirable. Potential you might die in your sleep is what you're saying? Yes. Oh, my God. It's the best analogy ever. The best analogy ever. ever. Oh, because everybody everybody can visualize the situation in which that's applicable. So, well done, Jamie. That uh, That was phenomenal. All right, the one running back I wanted to talk to you guys about is Miles Gaskin. So I wanted to talk to you about what's going on in that situation and whether or not you guys are excited about him. And he's leading the way at running back, as, as our guy Kyle Krabs would say. Uh, I've been talking to him uh, about Miles Gaskin and kind of the interesting usage that's happening, right? That, that Jordan Howard is the touchdown vulture. Uh, so prepare yourself because he comes in only on the goal line and vultures all the touchdowns. And I don't think that that's going to change. Uh, but Miles Gaskin is getting used a lot. Jake, do you feel comfortable with Miles Gaskin now that he's kind of been a name the last couple of weeks? He's kind of in this conversation all the time. And I think people are afraid of it because it's Miami and whether or not this is going to last. But it kind of seems like it's going to last at this point. 22 carries last week. Yeah, I mean, shocked us in week one, put up like 10 points, 14 and 14, weeks two and three, and the workload has gone up. Howard's getting it on the goal line. Breed is hardly in the game, but both of those guys are pretty good, so it scares me a little bit. If you're as desperate as I am, hell yeah, I'm all in. But other than that, running back is so thin. I don't know what better options you have. He seems to be the guy. Yeah, you kind of have to at this point with the running back situation, right, Jamie? Like, there's if you're in the Jake scenario where you've got what two running backs on IR, Jake, three well, running two, backs but on one's IR, not coming back for a couple weeks. I mean, it's it, it's like, when you get to that point and you got a guy that's getting 22 carries in a game, you got to go try and get that guy. I think at this point, Jamie. Yeah, and I know the carry volume's been up, but I still look at him as more of a PPR guy. If you're in a standard league, you're he's nothing more than a bench option for you. But given the scenario that he's in right now and how much work he's getting and the fact that I don't think the Dolphins are going to be very good and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot and he's going to get a lot of dump downs, you know, I have him ranked as the top 25 running back this week like in PPR. Like this just is what it is. He's going to get those players. Um, and this was a role that was giving you top 36 running back production last year when it was like Patrick Laird. Uh, and so that, though that he's a better player than that. This is probably the biggest surprise and the biggest 
maybe uh, maybe this biggest surprise that we've seen so far that is comes from having no preseason. I think if we would have had a normal preseason, we would have been way more in tune with how much they're apparently in love with Miles Gaskin than we are now, and we're all trying to kind of play catch up here. But as long as he has this role, it, it seems like they're content right now with Miles Gaskin being the lead, Matt Breda as a change of pace, and they bring in Jordan, Hol- Jordan Howard as a goal lineback. Like that is the formula they're using right now, and they have not really deviated from that much in the first three games. Doesn't mean that they won't change that at some point, but that is the role these three backs are playing right now. Yeah, it. Listen, the Miami stuff is interesting because I think you're just going to continue. As I said, you're going to be frustrated because you're going to watch what we watched on Thursday night. We watched Jordan Howard come in twice on the goal line, and t- there's nothing worse than a Don't touchdown. Touchdowns. Don't expect yeah. touchdowns from Miles Gaskin. You can't. Like, you just have to be aware that, that this is the role that he's going to play. Uh, and yeah. if he gets you one, great. If he gets one from a while out, if he catches one, awesome. But – Odds are you're not getting touchdowns from him. So you, that's why I talk about him as a PPR play. You're going to need those four, five, six receptions to get you where you need to go if you're playing him as a flex or an RB2. Yeah, don't, don't expect touchdowns because I don't think that's going to change and it's going to frustrate the hell out of you. Just, just prepare yourself. All right, risers and fallers, the guys are going to give you some people that are rising and falling in their, rank, in their rankings as we head into week four. So let's start off with the quarterback position, gentlemen. Uh, who is rising? Let's start with the, the positives here. I will go to Jake first. Who is rising in your quarterback rankings this week, Jake? Uh, these are going to sound stupid, but I'm going to throw out two. Josh Allen, I, I can't – I mean, I keep putting him down at like five, six, seven. He's not there anymore. He's like two, three, maybe, if not one. Uh, the other one, Kylie, Kyler Murray bounces back. Struggled last week, but he's got a really good matchup this week. I'm going to have him ranked pretty high. Okay. Jamie, who do you have rising this week? Yeah, two names I want to throw at you. One is just a continued steady rise, and that's Joe Burrow. Uh, They're going to throw it a ton as long as he can physically stand up, which, again, at some point he might not be able to, given the way this line is treating him. But uh, I have him inside my top 12 this week. Uh, I I think, he's again, he's playing Jacksonville at home. I think he'll get his first win. Uh, and I'm really excited to watch this game because they, he could tear apart that defense. And this is going to be the worst defense he's gotten a chance to play. Uh, and so I'm excited to see how he can perform in this matchup. And the other one is kind of when along the lines we just talked about, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's slinging the ball again. And I think oh, yeah. I watched Love a lot it. of the last two games because I, I've watched an ungodly amount of Miami Dolphin snaps this year. And I, don't I know blame why. Kyle Krabs. I blame but Kyle Krabs. That – New England game in week one is just so antithetical to everything we else we have seen from Ryan Fitzpatrick dating back from last year and in weeks two and three. I'm just going to kind of throw it out of my mind. Uh, you know, when, maybe when they play New England again, I'll back off a little bit. But uh, I'm, I'm not – like he has a matchup against Seattle, which I don't know if you've watched anybody in the world play Seattle. You know what they're going to do this week. He's going to keep slinging it. And, and as you know in fantasy, you're not as worried about the turnovers if the touchdowns are there. You're perfectly okay with a 280-yard, three-touchdown, three-pick game. That is perfectly okay in fantasy. If you're looking for somebody that is a – you know, if you're in a 16-team league, like he's going to be my QB 15 this week. So if you're in a pinch in a 12-team league, you can use him. Two-quarterback, 16-team league, I think he's a startable player. I, I'm, I'm willing to throw out that week one performance because he looks like the fits of last year these last two weeks. Yeah, that's a smart move, Jamie. I think uh, the the New England game probably scared people off of Miami in general, but it's been a it's 
they played Buffalo really well, guys. Like that that really was well. a, that that loss doesn't look like a bad loss. Like the Buffalo Bills are a really really good football team, and then obviously we saw what they did uh, this past Thursday night. Who's falling for you, Jake? Um, I, I, I there's a few that come to mind, but there's been a couple that have been falling, I guess, over the last few weeks. One, I just wrote an article on Derek Carr. Uh, not really his performance at all. I thought he played pretty well in New England. By the way, if you play New England and you're a good player, that's your outlier because they take away all your good players. I think he bounces back with 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 Waller, but this they're talking about they're concerned about the rugs hamstring injury. Uh, so he's not really in that top 12 anyway, but I thought he was getting really close to getting there in that top 15, top 12. So he's, he's fallen back a little bit. I think their lack of weapons are really going to lean on the running game. Yep. Jamie, who's fallen? Speaking of Derek Carr, if you watch, there's some film going around on Twitter of uh, Bill Belichick was doubling check down guys in that game. I mean, he, they were doubling running backs out of the backfield. Little, I mean, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, the two guys for me, they're falling one uh, and partly it, it's the matchup, but uh, Cam Newton's falling a bit for me. Um, now that we're starting to see him play better defenses, he has to go to Kansas city next week. Uh, he's not in my top 15 for quarterbacks this week. I think that's somebody you're going to want to find a better option for. Uh, and the other one, I think we kind of already knew uh, at this point, it's just the stock is just falling and falling and falling. And that's Carson Wentz. Um, yeah. I just I'm not in my top 20 this week, although it's not that San Francisco is the, as bad of a matchup as they would have been if they're healthy, but I just, I need to see it from this Philadelphia team. Like this, this game could be a disaster. It's a Sunday night game this coming week. And I think this could be really tough to watch for anybody that likes good football. Yeah. Uh, and I, I figured one of you guys would put him on the list. And at this point it's, it's painful to watch that Philadelphia team. I mean, the only other one worth there. mentioning page is a lot of people were high on, on, Daniel Jones coming into the season. Yes. Yeah, he fell game. off the, he's fallen off the planet already, but I think it's worth mentioning. Like if anybody yeah. thinks that that's going to be a thing still, no. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I've been fading Jones since the preseason. Um, yeah, it's, it's nah. It's, Jones, it's, Darius Slayton. I've been fading all those guys since the preseason. And this is why. It Matthew Barry to Jake's point though, Matthew Barry coming into this week. I was watching fantasy football now was continuing to talk about how he thought Daniel Jones had fantasy value. Like he because very it's much a, had that he's he Daniel Jones is still somebody that I'm not going to write off and blah, 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 blah. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of where he had success last year. Like this is where you just can't look at the, the raw numbers and just decla- like, remember we, we were seeing those stats about Daniel Jones's last nine games versus Patrick Mahomes' last nine games. Yes, no, not, not my Patrick Mahomes was hurt, was coming playing off of an injury at that point. Uh, but I, it just – you can't do it. Like, he had some huge – he had a cu- two or three, like, big spike games. But he was a disaster otherwise. And, like, this team is bad. Uh, I just – no. Look, there, will there be certain weeks where Daniel Jones spikes? Of course. But there's certain weeks where a lot of these quarterbacks will spike. But, no, he's not somebody you could start – reliably anywhere i'm not even sure you can start him reliably in a two qb league although you probably don't have a choice because of the limited options yeah it's uh but the jake i'm glad you brought him up because i listened to matthew berry this weekend and him just trying to make daniel jones still fantasy relevant and good lord did he make him look stupid with that non-performance in the last game okay running back position who's rising for you guys if (laughs) 
I if anybody who's rising for you guys, because there is not a whole lot of running back, uh, healthy running backs at this point. Uh, Jake, who do you have rising this week? We've talked about Gaskin already. I mean, I think you have to put him in that rising category. And the other one is, I think David Montgomery. I think that could be a thing. Uh, I'm just not sure how they're going to use him. It's, uh, I want to say he's rising because we all want that to happen and be a thing in Chicago. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to ride with it. I think he's rising, but I am a little scared to even say that or watch it. Oh, you and me both brother. Uh, hopefully he's rubbed. I, I, hope I hope that we, I hope that we force Matt Nagy out of out himself. That's what I hope we force is that we, we can no longer get cute because the option's not there, but we shall. I'm worried see. they're going to sling it and not run it at all. And that, yeah. then that's going to be, he's not going to be a riser, but I think uh, yeah. the potential is there for him to, to be solid. Yep. Jamie, who's rising for you? Uh, I think it's going to be the AJ Brown, Alvin Kamara, Gail Sayers and Jim Brown hybrid. That is James Robinson. Uh, he's moved up into my top 20 for this week. Uh, has a good matchup against Cincinnati. A very, uh, just a very beatable defense. Uh, I just like the way he's running. Um, and this, again, this may be the other one that we would have known more about if there were a preseason, because apparently there is no, wavering in Jacksonville about who the top back was heading into the season. Uh, and that's part of, part of the reason why they felt so comfortable cutting Fournette. Uh, but the other one, I just want to give everybody a little bit, we've talked about it a little bit, but rising back up for the second week in a row in my top 10 for the coming week. And that's James Connor, who's running really, really well after we all gave up on him uh, because we thought he was going to be hurt for a while again. So I got to give him some credit and give him a shout out. So the two Jameses, Robinson and Connor are rising for me. Listen, James Conner listened to the podcast and he heard Jake say, can't make the club from the tub. And James Conner got back in and made sure that he was part of the club. It's one of the all-time favorite sayings of the podcast that we've had over the last couple of years. I've, I've said it to, I said it on the Fantasy Pros podcast and they lost their minds. I think they laughed for about five minutes. So I'm, No I'm more even, true saying in the NFL than you can't make the I, club in the tub. Can't make the club from the tub. All right, who's falling? Who's who's headed for who's headed for not making the tub? Uh, I'm gonna go Malcolm Brown. Daryl Henderson's look good, and I, he looks a lot more explosive. I think he's still gonna be a thing because he's good. They like him. Uh, it's Jamie's guy. I hate to kind of say that. The other one's Kenyon Drake. I don't know what's going on there. They keep like making up excuses to say why he's a thing and that he's going to be a thing and you got to be patient. But Chase Edmonds looks better when he's in there. I think he's going to be, and they have a lack of weapons overall. Uh, I think he's fallen as well. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think if you listen to this podcast, right, going into the season, you're probably not freaking out about Kenyon Drake because he's not, not doing what we didn't think he was going to do. Right. But if you were listening, if you didn't listen to the podcast and you looked at the ADP and a lot of the other fantasy places, you are freaking out about Kenyon Drake because you didn't listen to us because Chase Edmonds and all these things that we talked about are all happening. And that's got to be exceptionally frustrating for you. So Jamie, who do you have falling this week? Yeah. I want to give Drake one more week before I put him on a faller because he's got Carolina. And this is kind of the matchup where if he can really – this is the matchup he should dominate uh, in Carolina. So I want to see how he does there. But he was never – we talked about on the show. He was never a weekly RB1 like his ADP was showing. Uh, I was – Jake took my guy. I was going to say Malcolm Brown as well. Unfortunately, a lot of the fallers are just hurt. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what the, the scenario is. But, uh, yeah, Malcolm Brown, I, I think at this point with the way that Daryl Henderson looks and how good he looks, how healthy he seems to be, 
Uh, I think now, you know, Brown's going to get some carries. He's still going to get, you know, between five or 10 touches a week. Might get some goal line work, but it looks to me like Henderson's starting to run away with his job a little bit. Uh, so Malcolm Brown is nothing more than a bench option for you going forward. And in a couple of weeks might be a guy that you can comfortably drop. Yeah. It's uh, we wondered how that would all shake out and what would happen in, in LA with their running back room. And it's been, it's been different than many expected in the fantasy community. All right, guys, wide receivers. We talked about a couple that we liked in the waiver wire pickups, but who do you like as far as your rankings go? Jake, who is rising this week? I got a couple. One, the first one's going to be duh, but if you have them, a lot of people forgot about him and didn't play him as Kenny Galladay. This offense can be really good when he's in there with Marvin Jones. Uh, although they ran Adrian Peterson a ton, I think that was a matchup thing. Uh, like if you have him, I, I, I think I saw a bunch of people that like left him on the bench because they weren't sure if he was going to play, didn't look at the waiver wire enough. He's a top 10 consensus for damn near everybody that does anything rankings wise. I think he gets back up into that top 15. He, he looked really good coming off. There's, there's a, a middle of the, re- of the road here. And that's Corey Davis. I don't necessarily love the matchup, but I think the Steelers are going to do everything they can to stop the run. There's not a lot of other options there. And Tannehill's playing really well. He was solid last week. I'm going to at least take a look there. And then if Deontay Johnson misses any time, James Washington was actually a thing. More of a possession guy, but he looked like he finally had some chemistry with Ben. All right. Moving on, Jamie, who do you have uh, this week for wide receivers? Uh, I think a big riser has got to be Tyler Lockett. Uh, if the Seahawks are going to throw the ball this often and this effectively, he's going to be way more than that like mid to low end or, or wide receiver two that he's been for most of his last few years. There's always been like a cap on how good Tyler Lockett has been in fantasy. Uh, and to me, he's a top five play this week uh, in Miami. Uh, so he is a wide receiver one until further notice right now, just given the way that that offense is moving. And the same thing with DK Metcalf. Metcalf's, his, his stock's way up too. Uh, hopefully he doesn't just, you know, decide to showboat before he gets in the end zone again. But it all goes back to the Seahawks throwing it way more than expected and Russell Wilson being unbelievably effective with that. Uh, I personally love to see it. As somebody who told y'all, as we did on this podcast, to wait on ride receivers, Tyler Lockett was a guy you could get in a later round who's now showing out week in and week out. And I think as, as much as I was excited about having him, I obviously didn't anticipate the, the offense putting up numbers like this, but you, he's a wide receiver one for this team. And it's, it's Russell Wilson. So these are some of the things we told you is why you should draft running backs. And man, I didn't, we didn't think there'd be this many injuries. And you know, the and, great thing with Lockett was he was one of the best deep threats in football early on in his yes. career. And then he moved in yes. the slot when Doug Baldwin left. And he became kind of more possession guy that's really good run after the catch, but they're letting him go deep again. They're scheming him up that it's not just DK going down because Russell's such a great deep ball thrower. DK has the big upside. But this week we finally saw Tyler Lockett get loose and get behind the defense. That's where the big play was. We all love him. But if they're going to let him go down the field again, I mean, there's no telling what kind of numbers he can put up. Yeah, let Russ cook is let the Seahawks cook. Because if Russ is cooking, everybody else is benefiting from it because a lot of these guys are the beneficiaries of him being the best deep ball thrower uh, in the league. Jake, who do you have falling for wide receiver this week? Uh, Everybody on the Raiders. Everybody on the Eagles. Uh, The big one is, is Keelan Cole from last week. A lot of people jumped on. 
kind of – I think he's just more of a possession guy. I don't – I think there was a lot of hype because people were just jumping on the Minshew bandwagon. Chark was out. Uh, I got him kind of falling back to where he should be. Whether Chark plays or not, I'm not really that high on that one. Jamie, who's falling for you? Yeah, sadly, it's, it's a player that – I'll eat some crow here – that I was extremely high on coming into the season, and that's, that's T.Y. Hilton. Um, this, he should have – We all were – Absolutely yeah. exploited this matchup this week against the Jets, and he ends up finishing with, I mean, this is a bad game, but three for 52, um, and, and mm-hmm. his best matchup of the year only gets three targets. Uh, I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, I still I think, think what's that, killing them, Jamie, is there's no number two. They all keep getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, Campbell being Harris out. Campbell now, Pitt, was going to be a thing. missing time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hurting, but I don't know. Like, there's just – this Colts team's weird to me right now. Yeah. Uh, they're getting by, but I have a lot of concerns with the way they're playing. Like they, they it, I mean, they made Kirk Cousins look terrible. I know that defense is really balling right now, but they're, I want to see them when they're facing off against much better teams. Uh, it's a winnable division, all of that. They're a team I was really high on, but this is a team that I still have a lot of questions about. I, I, I know they're, they really got a winning record right now, but I, there's a lot that I have to be concerned about dating back to the stuff that we saw about Jacksonville when they lose in week one, I still wait and see mode on this team. I thought they would look a lot better, particularly given their fairly favorable early season matchups here. You basically got, you should have gotten two cupcake matchups and the one that wasn't turned out to be against Minnesota. Uh, I still have some questions about this offense. Like, I don't know, aside from Jonathan Taylor, like, I don't know, maybe Mo'Ali Cox, if you, if you're, you know, in, in need tight end help, you don't think you feel great about anybody else in this team. Like Rivers is in a weekly play. Hilton's now a flex at best. Like there's this, this team is going to be interesting to watch because I'm really not impressed by a team. I thought was really going to blow people's doors off to start this year. I really love that team and the way they were constructed. And we're just not seeing them play to their full potential right now. I think that's because as we've talked about with Drew Brees guys, it's fair to bring it up about Phillip Rivers. I mean, he did a lot of the question marks we assumed hey, it had more to do with the offensive line struggles with the L.A. Chargers last year, and he's got this big upgrade, and he's going to be able to, to, to sling the ball around. And it's you haven't really seen the consistency. I know they put up a lot of points this weekend against the Jets, but if you box score scouted this one, you're looking at it going, oh, wow, look at this. It was the defense. Uh, like this, this wasn't a like unbelievably offensive performance from that, from that team. So – it's going to be interesting to pay attention to, to see if they can get it going. Um, but a ton of injuries on that team as well. Uh, with started off with Marlon Mack and Paris Campbell and all the, all the number twos have gone out there, um, which is probably hurting TY as we discussed. Uh, tight ends, who's rising for you, Jake, as we go into this week? Mentioned him a little bit the other day, Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether Deontay Johnson plays or not, it looks like the chemistry with Ben's really starting to get there. He trusts him. Uh, they're moving him around the formation. They love that size matchup of him basically being a big receiver. And while I like Claypool and he's splashed at times, uh, it's kind of become Eric Gibron's position to kind of do that same thing. Um, I, I'm a, I love receiving tight ends that basically play a receiver. Um, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep riding that. I think he's going to keep rising for me. Yeah, if I'm going to go with an op- – if I go with an every week option, it's Mike Gusecki. Uh Every week starter, unquestioned at this point. Uh, if I'm, but I'm going to go with more of a guy that's kind of slowly rising up from the bottom, a lot like what Jake said with Eric Ebron. Maybe brought up earlier, it's Jimmy Graham. 
Um, this is look, Nick Foles loves to throw to his tight ends. He absolutely loves it. And there has been shown over the last few years, there's a correlation between tight end targets and running back targets. So if you ask me, like Jake, you asked Jake earlier, who's getting the targets with Tariq Cohen out? It's likely going to be a small bump for Jimmy Graham in that category, particularly with the quarterback change. So he's my tight end 17 this week. You're not running out to grab him, but buys are coming up in a couple of weeks. Week five is the first set of bye weeks. That's when you're going to have to start to look at guys like Jimmy Graham as potential fill-in options when you get two, four, six teams that are missing time that week. That's when you really want to keep an eye on him. And Eric Ebron. Yep. Jake, who is falling for you at the tight end position? Uh, there's a few. You know, one is a team, and that's Seattle. As good as they're throwing it, they have too many tight ends. That's always been one, like, if you need a tight end, you go pick up whoever's playing for them, and you plug them in that weekend. Um, the other one's Austin Hooper. We, we mentioned yeah. falling last week, but he's, like, seven gone, disappeared catches. off the planet. Seven catches yeah. this year. No touchdowns. That's Longest catch, 11 yards. Yeah, very, very frustrating if Had you're an Austin Hooper owner. Yeah, that's exactly right. Jamie, who's falling for you? That was going to be my pick. It's Austin Hooper. Hooper? Should have signed Joe yeah. Schobert. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just I, – I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why he's not a bigger part of this offense. Baker loves to throw to tight ends, but apparently loves to throw to his number two tight ends. It's always the second guy. Like, it was never Njoku until Njoku was the second tight end in game one and he catches a touchdown. It's – it's uh, Harrison Bryant in this game. Uh, I just – I don't know what you do right now. To me, he's, he's completely droppable. They're not throwing enough offensively anyway, which was a concern to begin with. It's what I warned you about all offseason, but I digress. But now they're not even – he's not even being featured. Uh, I, I, you can't start him until further north. It doesn't matter what the matchup is. You just – he's not startable right now. He's not a top 20 tight end. All right, guys. Final thoughts on today's podcast coming off of a – a great week three, uh, heading into week four, quarter of the season. We will have a pretty good idea of where things stand. If you don't already feel comfortable about a team, uh, you get through four games and you should, you should have a pretty good indication of what you're looking at um, and things should start to even out here. Jake, what are your final thoughts on today's podcast? My final thoughts are I hope we got through this weekend without a ton of major injuries. It wasn't like weeks one and two. It didn't seem like we still have a couple big guys, but it looks like they're going to be you know, a few weeks here and there, minus Tariq Cohen. Hopefully that settles down because this has been absolutely nuts. But as Jamie's mentioned a few times, the buys are coming in a couple weeks. I like looking in the leagues that I'm in of who's making moves and who doesn't, who feels comfortable with their team. and They got like one roster move at this point. Or, you know, I'm always looking, trying to add something to the bottom of your bench. I know Jamie does all the time as well. Uh, get ready for this stuff. We, Jamie talked about last year. We talk about all the time on the show. Be a couple weeks ahead. If you know the first ones are coming, weeks five, week six, whether you have anybody or not, other people do. That's when people will drop somebody decent because they only got one tight end on the roster and he's on a buy. Those kind of things. You could pick somebody up. So pay attention to that stuff early. Yes. Yeah, and on that note. That's how you win. That's how you win. On that note, week five, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Galladay, Swift, Aaron Jones, all these guys are out. So, you know, it's not that far around. It's not that far away right now. So just kind of be start to prepare for this because if let's say you've been relying on a lot of those guys, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to replace them in a week and start looking at matchups a week ahead. Always look for your defenses as well. If you have a big bench, I don't, I'm not opposed to holding on to a couple defenses for a couple weeks if you're trying to place the matchups here. If you know, okay, I got a great matchup this week, but there's a, there's a defense sitting out there that's got the best matchup in the league two weeks from now, 
if you have the space, go grab them. Uh, my other thought is the just the complete difference between the game we just watched and the next NFL football game is just staggering. It is absolutely staggering uh, to that Thursday night game with the Broncos and the Jets. Like I, uh, I just to put it this way. If Paige wasn't paying me to watch this football game, I would literally be doing anything else. Literally anything. <laughs> Glad you have a good boss. That's, you know, football is football, man. You got to watch it. And so you got to take the good with the bad. Is there a college game I, I, on? Is there some? Yeah. No. UAB is probably playing on Thursday night again. We'll watch the Blazers. I don't yeah, even look. I have one other they final all, thought. Oh, let's see. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, one, oh. one other final thought. I got redemption on the wife. I know she went oh. to you guys in secret behind the scenes, but my boy Clyde Edwards Elaire needed to there get me go. like eight points. As you both know, he went well over that. So a little redemption from last year's finals. A lot of smack talking going on in the Arians household. The king is back for the week. As Paige oh. said, the queen was back after whooping Jamie. Um, good. Feels good. A couple questionable, a couple questionable roster moves of who got played there. I'm not sure she hit you guys like late enough. It probably should have been some last-minute stuff, but uh, I'm happy with it. Yeah, listen, you'll take the victory. So absolutely, it's good. It's good for the podcast. My final thoughts are: thank you, Jamie, for the victory this week. Uh, thank you, Patrick Mahomes, for the victory this week. And thank DeAndre if, Swift and, for the victory this week. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'll take the victory in week one from DeAndre Swift, and I'll take touch. the and I'll take the victory in this week three uh, from DeAndre Swift. And to technically, the, he got two touches. Jamie he got hit in the back of the head with a screen pass that he didn't turn. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> How many points do I get for that? He couldn't even outscore the starting left tackle for the Chiefs. <laughs> Look, I was on board with you, man. We we both had a feeling he was going to yep. get involved. That was not a good thing. Mm. Uh, the last part of my final thoughts here is that the Minnesota Vikings fans that have begun to troll me on Twitter, listen here, you're Owen three, you're Owen three and the bears own you. Okay. You've gone Owen four to chase Daniels and a half-assed version of Mitchell Trubisky last year. And Matt Nagy owns your ass and he owns the lion's ass. So I don't know why you guys are coming at me chirping when your team is 0-3 and ever since Kirk Cousins, this is a reminder, ever since Kirk Cousins on Sunday night football in a huddle decided to tell the Chicago Bears that they were flexed to Sunday night because of him and the Minnesota Vikings, he has not beat the Chicago Bears. So check yourself, Kirk Cousins. Check yourself, Minnesota Vikings fans. Here's your reminder. When you say some stupid ass shit, it comes for you. And so you know, enjoy. You can enjoy being at the bottom of the division, brother. You you just keep on talking. I hope you enjoy. Oh and four since that moment, big dog. So that's right, Hank. You show him in the background. He's going. He's going back and and making sure he can showcase his Chicago Bears gear. Uh, Jake, I like the blue and white. Uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning take care of business uh, tonight for the Super Bowl or for the Super Bowl for the Stanley Cup. I'm in football mode, um, oh, as you can see. But the Freudian slip. I was gonna say I I laughed because there were a lot of jokes on Twitter about how Tom Brady has already gifted Tampa Bay market with with a championship. So there was a lot of that going on tonight. So championship by osmosis. Yeah, yeah championship by osmosis. Razor next. That, I was going to say, just, just 
Can you imagine if I, we can't no. go down that road. We cannot go down that road. This no, pod, this, neither of us nope. can. No, nope, I don't want not, the pressure. No, I was going <laughs> to say, we, do it. no, we Holy don't, crap. we don't need, we don't need all that. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And Jamie? From me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDN Fantasy and be sure to check out the rankings that we discussed today on the podcast on the draftnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.